0: Dr. Antlapok, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you on the radio this morning. Firstly, in layman's terms, what is the work of an orthopedic surgeon?
2: Uh,
1: well, an orthopedic surgeon is a specialist uh, who deals with disorders of the musculoskeletal system. Uh, and more specifically, um, we, we are involved in um, any of the surgical interventions that uh, would be needed. In any of the conditions that may affect the musculoskeletal system, in conjunction, obviously with our other, our other colleagues.
0: Mm. And and when we talk about the the system, which I now can't pronounce yeah. the word anymore, what what does this include?
1: Well, the the musculoskeletal system, um, as the as the word suggests, is um, anything to do with your muscles and your skeleton. Mm-hmm. If I were to put it in layman's terms. Um, but um, I think if you think about um, us as human beings and our, you know, ability to move about, to um, to walk, to run, to do the normal daily activities that we um, are engaged in, it has to involve some sort of motion of mm-hmm. your joints, of your you know muscles and bones. Um, so it, it would essentially involve you know your spine, your arms, your legs. Uh, and all the muscles and ligaments and joints that are that are associated with that.
0: What are the common disorders, if I can put it that way, that you are generally having to attend to that affect the South African population?
1: Uh, that's quite a, you know, there's a wide range that yeah. uh, we're involved in treating. Um, but, but I think just to maybe try and compartmentalize it, um we, we, we deal with you know the day-to-day degenerative disorders uh things like arthritis mm. um but also we deal with injuries um and that uh, has you know quite a wide range of um, aspects to it we deal with sports injuries you know ligaments and tendons and that kind of thing mm. but also fractures people who get involved in either maybe motor vehicle accidents or you know if we get assaulted and you Break a bone, or you you have to sustain an injury whilst working. You fall from a ladder, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so we do treat that kind of thing. But but I think in the South African or the African perspective, um, quite a lot of what we deal with is the the so-called degenerative conditions, so osteoarthritis um, and the inflammatory conditions, things like rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. Um, and, you know, other things, as I, as I mentioned, the, the, the injuries and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm. There, there is this perception, and I was just joking about it in the previous hour how oftentimes as we we edge into winter, you have a lot of people that complain about uh, their, bo- their their bones, their joints, especially those yes. that are suffering from, as you've mentioned, uh, arthritis or that have had different injuries before. Is there a particular reason for that or is it just a myth?
1: That's a very good question. Um, you know, in my practice, even, I get a lot of my patients who, who would say to me, look, I... For instance, I had an ankle fracture a year or two ago, mm. and every time um, it comes around about the winter time, you know, the pains come back. Uh, I get quite severe pain or, or disability, and to be honest with you, we've never really quite been able to to explain that. Um, it's it's not something that um, I would say people make it up. I, I, I've seen it in a lot in people. If even if you've had an injury or you've got arthritis mm. around about the winter time, um, it sort of flares up all of the pain and disability that you, you feel associated with your condition. Mm. And I wish we could explain Dr. Clapper really Yes hello. So,
0: sorry, I, I lost you there a little bit. Uh, you, you were talking about how the, the, you know you, you can't really say what the cause of it is.
1: Yes, we, we've actually never really been able to explain why that happens. Mm. Um, so I'm surprised to say that it actually does happen and, and it is an entity that uh, we see in a lot of our patients. Um, and if, if and when it does happen, we, the main thing that we can do is just control the pain, you know, um,
3: mm.
1: pain tablets, anti-inflammatories and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, things like hot uh, compresses, heat therapy, that works quite well. So it, it definitely would appear that it's, it's something to do with a reaction to cold, um, but we've never really been quite able to, to explain exactly why.
0: Is it difficult to to, to manage um, the, the condition or the pain itself if, if, if you don't really understand what the source is?
1: Not necessarily. Um, mm. we, we we have quite a, a good understanding of, you know, the pain pathways or the inflammatory pathways that that lead to a patient or someone feeling that kind of pain that they're feeling.
0: Okay. And a lot of
1: the the, the readily available, you know, pain medications, anti inflammatories, um, work quite well in that setting. Over and above that I mean, we we do work in conjunction with, you know, our colleagues in the allied health sciences, people like physiotherapists who who are quite indispensable when it comes to dealing with those kinds of, of and, and disability during
0: this time in winter mm, mm. okay so uh, I've got a couple of questions coming in already but but before we before I read them out to you one other thing dr Nkapo, that I'd like to, I'd like you to speak to oftentimes again in winter let's say yeah. you, if, mm-hmm. if you're walking barefoot around the elder people will shout at you and that they'll tell you that you know you're you're going to destroy your uh-huh. your, your the strength of your bones or something just <laughs> it's a bad idea to be walking around the house barefoot foot because there's some kind of injury, (laughs) internal injury to your bones in particular that might take place. Is that medical?
1: Uh, I'm afraid that's uh, nothing but an old wives tale. (laughs) There's there's no sort of medical evidence to suggest that walking around the house barefoot or anywhere else barefoot Mm. will will sort of exacerbate any any conditions that we
0: know of. Okay, okay, great. All right. So let me go to the lines then on the WhatsApp line. And just a reminder for our listeners to be in conversation with Dr. Nklampo, Nklampo rather, uh, the number to dial is 11 Two double zero six on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven, and on Twitter it's at SFM Radio. The hashtag there is SFM Talking Point. He is an orthopedic surgeon, a specialist in this field, so uh, really would be able to deal with a number of uh, the issues that you bring up. Okay, this is going to be one of those days where I have a broad disclaimer around my pronunciations of some of the things I'm going to be reading. So uh, if we can just bear with each other from uh, that point. Uh, Raymond in Port Elizabeth is asking, please ask the doctor to speak a little bit about a vascular necrosis of the hip. He says he's suffering from that sickness and uh, there's not much information out there about it.
1: Oh well, that's a very good question. Um, so, so, a vascular necrosis uh, of the hip is a fairly common condition in our setting, mm. uh, and and as uh, the name suggests, is that the the hip or the the, the head of the femur. The, you remember the the hip is a ball and socket joint, so the, the the top part of your thigh bone is shaped like a ball, and that's the head of the femur, and for for various reasons that may lose its blood supply. Uh, and as we know, once something loses blood supply in the body, it dies. Um, to give you an analogy, um, something, if you have a heart attack, part of your heart muscle loses its blood supply and it dies. Mm-hmm. So analogous to that, um, you, you do have some conditions where you you... The head of your femur, or which is basically part of your hip joint, to it loses its blood supply and it dies, and that's called avascular necrosis. Now, there's a lot of conditions that may predispose one to to having that. Um, I think the archetypal example um, that many, uh, you know, many people are aware of is heavy alcohol users or alcoholics um, are at uh, quite a high risk of developing avascular necrosis of the hip. Um, But if you look at other conditions, um, like in our setting, HIV, Mm. we do see quite a lot of people with the disease itself presenting with avascular necrosis of the hip. Um, And that is is due to, firstly, the disease, but also some of the medications or the ARVs that you take may actually compromise the blood supply of your hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to that end, other medications, if you're on chronic steroid therapy, so people who are asthmatics so or who people who have um, autoimmune disease who are taking uh, lots of cortisone or prednisone, um, may at some stage, along with disease, cause the vascular necrosis of the hip. And we see it also in people who had previous quite severe hip trauma. So if you've had a hip dislocation or quite a severe hip fracture, um, somewhere down the line that may predispose you to getting a vascular necrosis of the hip. Uh, and essentially, it would present as um, initially a you know vague groin pain. Um, and as the years progress, um, limping, shortening of the leg stiffness, um, and that kind of thing. So that's something definitely that you would need to, to consult with an orthopedic surgeon about because um, the earlier you catch it, definitely the, the, the better the outcome. Mm.
0: And, and what, what are some of the symptoms of it, Dr. Antlapo?
1: The main symptom is pain. Uh, so the first thing that a patient will present with is pain in the groin. Um, and that generally will sort of linger about for a period of months or a year or two. Uh, and initially it's not that severe of a pain. The problem with avascular necrosis um, with the disease as it progresses, when the hip, when that bone dies, it actually collapses. And when it collapses under the weight of your body, that's when you start getting shortening of the leg, you get quite severe limping, and you might get quite significant stiffness or inability to move your hips in a full range of motion. Um, But that's generally speaking, you know quite a ways down the line. So, so I think people must definitely watch out in the initial phases, pain in the groin and um, that may radiate or just move down the leg towards the thigh or the knee. And, and in fact, some, some people uh, have come to us complaining mainly of knee pain. Uh, and that knee pain is essentially what we would call a radiation, a, a referred pain from the hip. So watch out for groin pain, radiating down the hips, uh, down the sides. sorry, um, also with knee pain.
0: And in terms of, you know, early detection and, and I suppose being able to identify uh, the disease as early as possible, if it is detected early, can is there something that can be done to prevent a complete degeneration?
1: That's a very good question, yes. Um, look, there's been plenty of studies that have gone into to trying to, you know, obviously mitigate the effects of, of um, avascular necrosis. In other words, trying to prevent the, the, the collapse uh, of the hip. So so if we divide it into the pre-collapse phase um, versus the post-collapse phase, some studies have, have suggested that taking certain types of drugs may prevent collapse if you detect it in the pre-collapse, pre phase, and 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 definitely there's some types of surgeries that we can do, um, which are less invasive than having to do something like a total hip replacement, um, which have shown some, you know, some really good results, uh, short-term results with regards to preventing the the collapse uh, and the progression to full-blown arthritis of that hip. Uh, but I think one of the main things that we need to focus on is to obviously, when a patient presents to their doctor, we need to take away the offending agent. So for to give you an example, if someone is taking chronic steroid therapy, the first thing that we would do is say to you, look, um, I think you taking this cortisone or prednisone all over this period of time um, has had a deleterious effect on your hip, please stop taking it or wean it off. Um, if if you're faced with someone who's a chronic alcohol user or abuser, then obviously you try and get them to a stage where they rehabilitate uh, and stop using alcohol. So so that would be the first port of call. Um, And thereafter, we obviously do the usual pain medication, analgesia, uh, anti-inflammatories. And then if it's pre-collapse, definitely there's there's some strategies that we can do to prevent the collapse. But once once the collapse has set in, you are more than likely to receive some form of hip surgery.
0: It sounds like an absolutely painful condition to have to live with. Uh, let me go to, to the phone lines, zero double one seven one four two double zero six. 2006 Evidence, <coughs> you're calling us from Cape Town. Good morning. Yeah, okay, good morning, yeah
2: I'm good, thank you. Mm. I just need to ask something from the dog,
0: please. Go ahead, Evidence. Okay.
2: Two things, actually. One thing is, I have uh, I, what they call a, a locked knee on the right, on the right leg. Oh, no, just, just the right leg. Yeah.
0: You, you know what, okay. Evidence? It, your voice is, is, is a bit muffled up, so I, I didn't quite make up to what you're saying. Did you say a locked knee?
2: Yes, Katie. A locked knee on the, on the on the right leg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's only on the right leg, there's nothing on the left. So I was just wanted to find out if that can be fixed. Moving on to the second question. I am the person that uh, that that always sits down at work. Um, I mean, on the chair, working on the PC and stuff like that. So at times my, my spinal cord can, can trouble me. I'm not sure if the way I see it maybe has an impact to that. It can sometimes wake me up a bit around, four, even though I'm in bed now. It starts paining at that time, then when I wake up, it, it will strike for a few, say, hours. Then along the course of the day, it can just disappear. So I'm not quite sure if maybe it's, it's the way mm. I see it or what. So, yeah, those are my two questions.
0: Okay. Dr.
1: Nklapo? Uh, so, sorry, Casey. Uh, the first the, the part I didn't quite catch. Did you say a lock knee
2: or a knock knee?
0: Okay. <laughs> Evidence. We're edging towards 11.30. Dr. Nklappa, I'm going to also just ask you to um, hang on the line just a little bit. I want to go to the latest news headlines. Uh, Luanda Maume is standing by to bring you that update and then we'll continue with our health talk after this.
4: The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana Weekdays, 9am till midday
0: Well, still ahead on The Talking Point is the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo They'll be taking a look at this The Mbumalanga Parliamentary Village which began in November 2017 with an estimated uh, completion date of April 2020 has been plagued by multiple delays. They'll bring you an update on that story where corruption has ballooned out of control. And, of course, there's also been the spike of foot and mouth disease in KwaZulu-Natal and several, several municipalities being declared a food and mouth disease disaster areas. Uh, she'll also give you an update on that story and plenty more coming up on the update at noon.
4: Hashtag SAFM Talking Point.
0: Okay, we continue our health talk. Dr. Lerato Nklapo is our orthopedic surgeon today. He's at Life Hospital in Four Ways, and he's the one taking your questions on all things bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, and muscle-related uh, evidence on the line. Of course, you've already had an opportunity to place your question. Uh, Dr. Nklapo, an opportunity for you to respond.
2: Um, yeah, um,
1: Quite a difficult, difficult one to, to try and comment on. Uh, firstly, the, the, the knock knees. I mean, knock knees are, uh, I would say, quite ubiquitous amongst the general population. Um, so, so what we generally look out for is we want to know is it a symmetrical thing, um, so i.e. both knees are involved. And secondly, um, are there any other associated symptoms with that? So in anything like pain or ticking of the knee or whatever. Um, but I, from from what I, uh, the listener mentioned, I think he said it was only on the one knee.
3: Mm. So
1: definitely if it is on the one knee, I would think that it's something that's pathological. So it would definitely need to be um, checked out by a specialist. Um, I mean, if, if it is one knee, you're already thinking that it maybe something that he, he you know, grew up with as a child. Did he have an injury around the knee as a child, which could have led to a growth plate injury and uh, you know, a deformity around the knee? All right. Or the alternative, could it be you know something like um, early onset arthritis of the knee, which is presenting as a deformity? But definitely, um, I think he needs to, needs to get. I'm assessed by by the relevant specialist.
0: Okay, all right. So that's the advice for evidence. Evidence, go and get yourself assessed. That is what Doctor Nkabong is saying there. Let me go to Ciswe in Ruwerdeport. Ciswe, good morning to you. Hi, good
5: morning. Yes. Um, uh, firstly, good morning, Doctor as well. Um, good morning. I'm a, I'm a survivor of AB, and I don't know if I have to say I'm a survivor. I've had uh, both hip replacements in twenty nineteen uh, November and the next one in Feb twenty twenty. Um currently uh, I've been living okay and everything else is fine. Doc there's a part that just worries me. Uh my wrists have started giving me grief, especially the left one. Um I'm not sure if I should be worried about anything because um it was my knee it has gone away but it, it recently my wrist and and when i read through some researches and i belong to a facebook uh, group of for avn uh i've had a number of people complaining about the same thing and i'm not too sure if is it something that i should worry myself about
0: dr okay.
1: um yeah that's a uh, quite a good question i, I think he- you mentioned that he's a survivor of AVN, and we would spoken about obviously avascular necrosis. The acronym is oh, AVN. Oh, okay, yes. okay.
0: Great. Thanks for that clarity. I thought I, it was something that I would never heard about before.
1: Okay. <laughs>
3: oh,
1: yeah. So, I mean, it, it's. I mean, it would it would entirely depend on what the underlying condition that led to your AVN is? Um, as we spoke about earlier, on AVN could be part of a systemic problem. So to give you an example, if you've got rheumatoid arthritis Mm -hmm. um, affecting the whole body, you can have AVN um, as a result of either the rheumatoid arthritis or the the steroid therapy. Um, What I would say is if it's just the occasional pain, um, maybe just monitor it. But if it's um, persistent pain, associated with other other symptoms like you know clicking locking of the wrist or um or stiffness of the wrist i i I would recommend that you 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 have it assessed okay all right right.
0: okay all the best okay okay bye says we're out in red there i've got uh, a message here from joe in Joburg south morning kathy i have a disc bulge on my l5 s1 and a possibility of having cauda equino syndrome it hasn't been diagnosed yet my leg muscles are so stiff i cannot walk i've tried physiotherapy and different medications but uh, to no assistance as i get worse after exercises how can i get relief besides surgery it's been five years now sure
1: that's uh quite a difficult one um so so what what he's explaining is uh, mm. i think what the layman would uh, would term as a slipped disc um so so remember in in your lower back or your lumbar spine mm.
3: um,
1: you've obviously got the vertebral bones which are stacked on top of each other and in between those bones are the what uh, the layman's term i would call shock absorbers yes but, uh, yes
0: yes yes
1: um And over a period of time, and mostly in our 40s and 50s, that disc material can bulge out and cause certain symptoms. One of them being pain, or depending on the location of the disc bulge, it can irritate the nerves and cause, you know, neurological symptoms. So he's explaining mm-hmm. something called Cora equina syndrome, um, which is usually due to a massive disc bulge, and it's actually a medical emergency um yeah. it's 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 doubtful whether that is the case at the moment because in that situation he would have other symptoms like you know not being able to control his bladder and bowel movements um you know just not being able to feel any sensation around the anal area that kind of thing um but the main thing with disc bulges is that over 90% of them um can actually be treated without surgery um, so I would actually encourage him firstly to, to, to go for an opinion from his orthopedic surgeon and get a referral to a physiotherapist um, because the physios actually are the ones who, who do the legwork in terms of trying to get you back to normal with regards to your lower back pain. In this, in the event that that doesn't work, so less than 10% of people would need some sort of surgical intervention even after having had physiotherapy, then you would have to consult a spinal surgeon to see if they can maybe uh, remove that disc bulge and relieve tension on the nerve. Oh,
0: okay, all right, okay, Doctor Anklebo, Joe. Mm-hmm. I hope that you've uh, you've had your your answer there. It just sounds painful. Mm. Uh, Sipo, you're calling us. You're on, on the road, a truck driver. Good morning. I'm uh,
5: one uh, most of the time i wanna have my stool got got the blood sometimes it takes about the whole week to 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 be normal uh it, you don't think that maybe it could be a, a affect my like my
4: back sometimes it's, it's, i get i feel some pain terrible pain because most of the time I'm on the road sitting, driving.
0: Dr. Nkappo?
1: Hi, yes. Um, look, it's difficult to try and draw a parallel between the two without um, um, having had to examine uh, your listener. Um, but just on the basis of his occupation, that's quite a high risk for having, um, you know, back pain or back problems later on in life. Because the, the position of having been seated for extended period of time has been shown to, to, to be one of the risk factors for, for having you know, bad problems later in life. Whether it's, it's related to, to you know, seeing blood in the stool, it would be difficult for me to comment on that now, but definitely he'd have to, to, to be assessed by his GP at the very least, uh, and a couple of, of investigations uh, done to try and get down to the bottom of what's happening. All
0: right, Sipo, go to your doctor. Uh, I- Oh, Do, I have don't,
5: to go to the doctor. Don't
0: be Dr. Google. Go to the doctor.
5: Okay, and I'll I, I, uh, uh, explain to them. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. I was getting I, I to out of it.
0: Yeah, Bonga. Thank you so much, Sipo. Okay. Out on the thank road. You. Keep safe, Sipo. Yeah. Sipo. Thank you. Thank okay, you, let yeah. me go to the WhatsApp line and also deal with a lot of the questions that are coming through there. Um, Luande apa ekokstat in KZN. I would like to know can gout escalate to arthritis? The reason I'm asking is because I take a gout treatment and feel much better. But when the treatment is finished, then the swelling of joints arises again. Uh, Is it not arthritis, perhaps? Uh, She's asking there. So, yeah,
1: look, gout is what we would term um, an inflammatory arthritis. Um, as opposed to a degenerative arthritis like an osteoarthritis, uh, which is something that's associated with age, but gout is, is quite interesting in the sense that um, you, you get um, formation or deposition of crystals, uric uric acid crystals within the joint, and the most common joint is um, the big toe, that happens in, in the majority of people who suffer from gout. Mm. Um, but that being said, it, it can actually affect any joint in the body. Um, if gout persists for an extended period of time, so think of, of having these you know, large crystal deposits in your joint, and that ex- carries on for an extended period of time, that can actually lead to destruction of the joint. And destruction of the joint or destruction of the cartilage in the joint is what we term as arthritis. So definitely it can progress. If untreated, um, to a full blown, you know, um, severe arthritis of whatever joint is involved, mm, mm. which may necessitate some sort of surgical uh, intervention. So I, I would recommend um, uh, the listener to continue taking the, the gout medication um, to try to get the uric acid levels down to, to within the normal ranges.
0: There, there are lots of questions uh, from some of our listeners who are asking about what can be used for arthritis, a painful hand fi- hand fingers and joints on knees.
1: Yeah, it's it, you know it really depends on what the root cause of the arthritis is. Um, the majority, and I, and I say this to a lot to my patients, if you've got something some degenerative arthritis or osteoarthritis. Um, I, I, it, generally speaking, once you have the symptoms, it is irreversible. However, we can definitely do things to try and prevent progression of the disease to 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 be a full-blown, you know, deformation of the joints.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so the our usual treatment, firstly, is to control the pain, and there's various ways to control the pain, whether you take some sort of um, pain medication, paracetamol or ibuprofen or any other anti inflammatory. Um, and the second part of it is some sort of uh, treatment by an allied health professional, someone like a physiotherapist, um, who, are, you know, who are very good in, in dealing, in helping patients deal with their pain. And also, adjust the activity or, or, or level of activity to cope with the level of the pain that they have. Mm. Um, so the answer to that is it's actually a multidisciplinary approach. I mean, you see your doctor, they put you on pain medication, but you also go for some sort of, you know, rehabilitative therapy in the form of either physiotherapy or it could be a chiropractor or, or, or the
3: like, you know.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Ntlabo. Sillo in Benoni, good morning to you, Sillo. Good morning, hospital guys. Hello, guys. Good morning, Doctor Uh
5: Morning, morning, sir.
4: Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, doctor, um, um, I have a brother, ne? You know, when I see my brother uh, now, like he can't walk proper, proper. This thing is killing me, man. Uh, now he's having a a lower back pain, and then, uh, and then he started with the right leg. Uh, going to, to the joints. Now it's, it's at the lower back. And then when he, when he's sitting on the chair, and then when he wants to stand up, uh, the lower back locks. And then you'll he, he have to wait for some, uh, a couple of minutes so that he can stand up properly. So I sh- I don't know what to, to do because I've been trying to assist him with the doctors, different doctors, but I can't win.
1: Well, I think the first thing would be to, to try and get into to see a healthcare professional. Um, whether you go to your nearest clinic or your nearest GP, that would be the first port of call. Because uh, what you're explaining sounds like obviously you has got some lower back problem that um, is causing a radiating pain into the leg. So it could be a, a spine issue. Um, that's causing, you know, nerve tension or, or nerve root Um Or you also have to consider, uh, like he was explaining, as he gets up, his back locks. So that mm-hmm. to me sounds like a, quite a severe back spasm. And, and, and the back spasm is usually associated with some sort of um, either an arthritis or a, a, a slip disc in the lower back. So the first thing to do would be just to take him to the nearest um, healthcare provider who can then refer him to, to either an orthopedic surgeon or a spine surgeon who can make a proper diagnosis. Oh,
4: okay, no, I thank you very much, Dr. Mm-hmm. Dr. Okay. I really your
0: Okay, all right, so look Pleasure. Thanks for that. All the best. Uh, Pastor Nene and Peter Maritzburg, good morning.
4: Katie, how are you?
0: I'm well, thank you, sir. Go for it.
4: Yeah, no, thank you. Greeting to Pastor uh, Doctor Ntapo, oh, oh. well, yes, Pastor greetings,
0: Nene, Japp. you are the pastor. He <laughs> is Doctor <Dr. Japp. laughs> <Sorry about that. laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, Go right. for it.
4: No, uh, thanks, Katie. Uh, doctor, uh, I'm, I'm, I can say I'm a, a bit concerned with my my left my left foot. It goes numb uh, on the inside part. Uh, last year, I had a problem with my lower spine. It was very sore so i've seen my my physio she 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 helped me with the exercises and gave me some uh, tablets but i can feel it now it's like it's coming back and uh, and uh, and my left thigh it's getting very cold
1: have you seen a doctor yet
4: no 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 i I mean like last year i was attending a physio okay and then she gave me some exercises to do and and some tablets and she yes. she she actually suggested that I mustn't take so much of drugs rather than doing those exercises. Absolutely, yeah.
1: We we try and um, always to when we do give you some sort of um, medication, it would be on a short term basis. So so, so the things like the physio will be the the, the what gets you back to to your, yeah. you know, pre morbid status. So so having listened to what you're saying is that you have had lower back problems for which you've attended a physiotherapy for mm-hmm. but now you you're having persistent um, lower back pain which is also now causing um, numbness or fe- the feeling of being cold on the thigh and the foot.
3: Yeah. Um, sure. so once
1: once once you start experiencing numbness you have to know that there's other problem with the nerves uh, and most often if together your, your problem with the numbness of your of your foot some my most likely is possibly an arthritis of the lower back which is causing an impingement or irritation of the nerves of the back uh, which is manifesting as a, a deep sensation or, or paresthesia around the foot remember that the, the nerves that 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 supply sensation to the lower extremity emanate from the lumbar spine or the lower back so any issue that could be handling happening in the lumbar spine may manifest as some sort of um, sensation problems in the foot so yeah. the next thing to do from there I think you would need to go see your doctor to obviously get x-rays firstly but an MRI scan would be quite beneficial to try and um, ascertain as to what level the, the, the nerve irritation is happening. Um, and thereafter, then they can advise you as to what, you know, if, if any procedure will be beneficial for you. Oh,
4: no, thank you very much. Thanks, kidding.
0: Okay. All right, Pastor yeah, Nene. Thank you. All right. Yeah, thanks, bro. Let's yeah. Let's go to Naisna. Francis, you're calling us from Naisna. Good morning good morning kathy i'd like to please ask the doctor about morton's
2: neuroma
1: oh thanks that's a very good question so a so, uh, morton's neuroma is um not a very common condition not. um it's it, it affects the foot and more um more especially the what we call the forefoot or in layman's terms layman term would be around the ball of the foot and yes. what it is, is um, scar tissue which forms around one one of the, the nerves that supply sensation to the foot. Ah. And the common area is um, the first or the second web space, so in between the first and second toe, or in between the second and the third toe. Yes. And it presents as pain, obviously. Yes.
4: Um, yes. And very
1: and, and also may present as some sort of sensory deficit or uh, you know, difficulty having sensation in the tip of the toes or the, you know, the, the yes. part of the foot. And uh, what we find quite commonly is patients will have this sensation of when they're walking, it almost feels like you're walking on cobblestones.
3: Mm,
2: so
1: very mm. because of that, that that scar tissue that forms around that nerve. Now the reason why that uh, scar tissue forms, I mean, it's uh, there have been some risk factors which have been identified. Things like diabetes, uh, thyroid issues, or endocrine issues. Thyroid. Um, okay. However, uh, in a lot of people, it's what we would call idiopathic. In other words, there's no really underlying. Um, cause that we could find that causes it. Um, ah. the, 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 the nice thing about a motor's neuroma is it's benign, so it's not a cancer. Oh, um, and um, the, the most therapeutic thing for a neuroma neuroma is actually to cut it out. And oh. patients feel a mm-hmm. remarkable sense of relief once it's been cut out.
3: Thank you for I, that. I would doctor.
1: recommend you just see your your nearest uh, orthopedic surgeon just to obviously, they would need to do the proper investigations just to make sure it is a mortal neuroma and not something else. And yeah. then, if it is, cut it out.
0: Thank you very much for that advice.
3: All right. It's a pleasure.
0: Okay, Enjoy Francis, all the best. Thank you. Sure. Bye, Kathy. Bye. Okay, Dr. Nkapo, this message uh, is from a physiotherapist who says, I see AVN hip condition mostly with older people referred to us, and some of them you realize that they've never had any trauma, which makes it difficult to differentiate between AVN hip and sciatica, sciatica, I don't know what that is. Yeah, Yeah. and he says if we don't examine the patient thoroughly, please ask him to explain the difference between sciatica and AVN hip.
1: So sciatica is is, um, an explanation of a symptom um, most commonly arising from some issue in the lumbar spine or the lower back. And sciatica is essentially um, when you start getting involvement of the nerves of the lower back um, to a point where you have pain that's radiating down either the buttock or the thigh, mm-hmm. with or without associated, um, you know, numbness or tingling sensation in a particular part of the the lower extremity, and and um, also difficulty doing things like a straight leg raise. So there's actually tension on the nerve roots of the lower spine. So, so sciatica, is the, the main cause is something that's happening in the lower back or lumbar spine manifesting as pain radiating down either the buttock or the thigh with or without, um, you know, um, decreased sensation or you know, pins and needles. In the mm. lower extremity, as mm. opposed to, as we spoke about earlier on, AVN has a classic presentation of groin pain, which may radiate down the front part of the thigh to the knee, and depending on the stage, then you may have limping, um, shortening of the leg, or stiffness of the of the hip.
0: Mm. Okay, all right. Thanks for that, Doctor Nklapo. I'm going to play a couple of WhatsApp voice notes also that have come in in relation to this question. So what I'll do is that I'll play the 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 voice note, and then you can just respond straight after.
1: Okay. Hi, Kathy. It's John speaking. here. Yeah. I would. I have a question for your guest. Um, I would like to know. I fell on my shoulder about two months back and since then i've had this sort of pain in my shoulder and it's been worrying me a little bit uh small pain but recently though i have a sort of muscle spasming in my upper arm uh for like the past three four days it's just been like spasming it's not it's not there's no pain but i can literally see it and feel it jumping and twitching and twitching i would just like to know if um, I should be worried about this and have it checked out at, as soon as possible. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, that's quite difficult to to ascertain what's happening. So, so if if he fell on the shoulder, um, w- one would have to consider, you know, things like muscle tears or tendon tears around the shoulder. So, things like a rotator cuff injury, but also um, any issues that could be causing. Um, problems with the ligaments around the shoulder um, as as to the muscle spasms it's, it's really difficult to try and say exactly what's causing the muscle spasm um, but I would recommend maybe just at the very least going to your healthcare provider and getting an x-ray and an ultrasound of the shoulder done to see what's happening okay and then um,
0: one more voice note
5: it's, it's, it's weather. Hi, Kathy and the doctor. Um, I got a challenge on my knee whereby it just swallow and get big and then I can't walk uh, comfortably and then sometimes it doesn't have pains, but it just couldn't walk properly just having some challenges on working and another challenge is if ever I decide to exercise then after a day or two I'm going to like have a serious challenge with the muscles. It just bind that I can't even walk. It will take some few days before it gets back to a point where I can start walking again. What could be the cause?
1: Sure, that's a difficult one. Um I, I would really like to know from him whether it's the one knee or is it both knees? Uh, when does the pain get worse, and um, any previous injuries that he he may have had. Um, But, I mean, just maybe shooting in the dark, I I would suspect maybe it might be some sort of degenerative condition, i.e. an arthritis, osteoarthritis of the knee, which is now manifesting as pain and um, stiffness and difficulty walking. So definitely um, just have a go-to-your-nearest healthcare provider
4: get an x done at the very least good day katie this is cool from mlo katie can you please ask the doctor for me in 2019 september i had a uh, i woke up with a, a sore arrest then i i thought it would go away but it kept on persisting last year i booked myself into an orthopedic uh, surgeon then they ran MRI scan and x-rays but he told me there's nothing wrong Uh, it will go away but it's still there can I get an advice from him what might be the problem thank you
1: so also another difficult one so so if, if Um, Generally speaking, once we we assess someone and we do x-rays and MRIs and nothing comes up, then we have to look for another cause uh, of the pain. So so in that situation, um, you have to examine the patient for is it an organic cause, i.e. some sort of pathological issue with the joints, or a non-organic cause. So, I mean, you, you actually see quite a lot of patients coming to us um, with stress, anxiety, depression, and that kind of thing, manifesting as some sort of musculoskeletal disorder. So, so I think probably maybe ask your, your healthcare provider to see if they can get you assessed um, for 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 that uh, that kind of thing.
0: All right. All right, Dr. Nkapo, let me thank you so much for coming on to the show today and for sharing your expertise uh, with Life Hospital in Four Ways. It's gone midday. It's time to hand over to the update at noon. Sakina, good afternoon.